Life Audio. Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about fight or flight. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. I'm excited. This week we have an awesome episode. We're going to talk about fight or flight. We're going to talk about withdrawal. We're going to talk about everything that goes through the mind and the body potentially with someone who's coming off of drugs. So if you're in that spot, we hope this is an encouragement. If you're just learning, maybe you don't battle with an addiction. Maybe you're going to learn something today about it. Uh, but, yeah, man, we're excited. We're excited. We're yeah, back in. I think this is going to be a really good episode, man. This is fight or flight is something every person who struggles with addiction eventually has to walk through that threshold faithfully. Yeah. But first, speaking of fight or flight, you recently went on a vacation. I, I, Maybe not a flight, I but you drove flight, there. Baby. I took a flight. No, I wish I was taken a flight. It was awesome, man. It was The drive down was a little rough. It's a six-and-a-half-hour drive to Pensacola. And uh, it took us 11 hours, Ooh. 11 hours. But, yeah, it was great, man. I'll probably have some footage or whatever coming up as I'm talking. But, yeah, man, it was cool. Spending time with the family, I was able to de- detach, yeah. uh, charge up, and uh, just make memories, you know, just with my son, who's seven, my daughter, who's five, and Katie. I won't say her age. Uh, she wouldn't <laughs> appreciate it very much. But uh, it was good, man. It was good just to be us alone as a family core, experiencing things, resting, my kids are younger and they like the beach, but the beach part is just a little. What's interesting is that I'm in the pool four days ago, and then I get back here and it's like 50 degrees. Come on! But yeah, so just they're in the pool all day, and it was so cool. The place we go to, it's a pretty big pool, and there's just no one there the whole time. It's just my family has this massive pool, and we just threw ball. We just you know whatever it was. Yeah, it was crazy. I noticed that in the video you sent Carl and I. It's like. Every time there was footage of the pool, it's just y'all. It's just like us. you had your own private yeah, pool. Yeah, it's so we love that spot. But yeah, man, it was good. It was good to be back. Uh, we came back a little early. Uh, we were supposed to stay through kind of the weekend, but we had a big event on Friday of last week. Uh, it was a pastor's appreciation and um, service uh, service members, first responders. It was a prayer breakfast, and we really. Um, just had the opportunity to pray for our state and our nation yeah. and the trajectory of that and the uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And and then we, we were uh, a sponsor of the event, so we had the opportunity to speak to a lot of pastors. Uh, there's probably 200 people, 200 plus people yeah. there, uh, just about the seriousness of addiction uh, and then the importance of Christ-centered addiction recovery. So Amen. Uh, it was a cool event, man. It was cool um, to see that and uh, Pastor Alan Jackson was a keynote speaker and did a great job. So it was good. We got a booth there and yeah, you saw you talking with a bunch of people. It was pretty fun. Pretty fun. So a little bit more and then we're going to jump in. There's one just really exciting thing um, that I'm excited to share with the viewers. I'm excited to uh, add to our team. Come on, baby. Brother, Come on, brother. And so as you could see over here uh, <laughs> next to producer Carl, is our brand new producer Jorian? Come on, yeah. So Jorian, uh, he is he is uh, Carl's replacement. Carl is training him and showing him the ropes and the ins and outs of of some of the shows that we're already doing. But man, Jorian, we're excited to have you, man. We're excited already. Just some of the things that you've been doing, man. This is going to be an awesome journey. 
Yeah, it's I'm I'm excited to be here in the studio with you guys. You guys are awesome. I love this. Man, <laughs> man I'm excited to see what yeah, God cool. does. Yeah, it's like Amen. a brotherhood here, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun. We try to have fun. We get serious at times and we laugh and cry. Uh in the last year and two weeks. We've yeah. we've shed a lot of tears and a lot of laughs and um it's been fun. So Amen. So yeah, so this week we're gonna be talking about fight or flight but before we do that let's go ahead and jump into our first break and then we'll um we'll come back in and and break it down does that sound good let's do it all right we'll be back back after the word from our sponsors hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And we're back. We're back. So, Dang it. Uh, Chittister's a little bit upset. We'll talk about just, it later. Don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, we'll talk you, about if it later. You're just, if you're just a listener to the pond, you didn't see all this madness. Uh, you heard a commercial, but uh, I won again. And it's kind of becoming a habit, kind of becoming a pattern. I don't know about again or a pattern, but yeah, he did win. Hey, what's a pattern? Three? Look, now that we got Jorian, I'm going to get him to go back and tally the records. Guarantee you I got you by at least twice as many. Yeah. So we are excited again coming back from the break. Jorian's a full-time studio, uh, just master class. He's going to really help us. Um, do what we believe God's called us to do with this show and, and some of the other shows that the S2L studios are producing. So, hey man, I'm so excited. Yeah. So let me lay the groundwork here. Let's dive in. So, hey, yo. so fight or flight. And I mean, kind of the premises is, is withdrawal and man, the feeling that our body gets and I, and I'll start with just saying, um, it's not, it's not a hundred percent this case. Um, well maybe it is a hundred percent of the time the mental aspect of going through withdrawal is so severe. I believe it way overshadows the physical. Now I preface that I want to give disclaimers here before we go further. Listen, there are very serious withdrawals that you need medical attention for because you could die. Things like alcohol, things like benzos, you can have seizures from those things. And if it's not medically supervised, depending on how much you've been drinking or how many of the benzos you've been taking, you have to get medical attention because you could have a seizure and it could be life-threatening. So I'm not dismissing that. And I am saying and I'm acknowledging that. And with opiates, when it comes to opiates, you can't die, but you wish from the withdrawal, you could definitely die from the opiates. But from the withdrawal, you'll wish you were dead, but it can't kill you like alcohol and benzos are. So I preface that with this. The mental aspect of withdrawal and your body beginning to hurt, your mind, the shakes, the cold, the throw up, the diarrhea, it is a nightmare. Yeah. It is a nightmare. And, 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 
as we go into this episode and we begin to give advice and we begin to talk about things from a biblical perspective and, and have some really strong complimentary verses that we come from with our worldview and with our opinion on this. Um, I mean, I just want to tell you, it's, it's, it's so mental. Here's an example. I remember running and gunning all those years ago, and I would wake up knowing that I was out, right? Took the last one just to go to sleep, waking up in the morning dreading it because I knew I had nothing to do. And I wake up, the first thing I'm doing, I'm, I'm already just, oh, I'm, I'm in pain. I'm already texting the dope man or whatever, trying to get set up to go and meet him for that day. And then trying to figure out how am I going to go hustle up money to pay for it, right? And, I mean, the day is just so bad. I mean, we're just laying there. You can't do anything. You're, you have no motivation. You're sick. You're physically sick. Physically. I was physically sick. And however long that lasts, and then all of a sudden I get a text from the dope man that, hey, everything's ready. Meet me here at this time. Then all of a sudden my body changes. <laughs> my body changes. That's and crazy. I was, and, I mean, on the way to the dope man, I might even be singing a song. Like, hey, you're right. How is that possible? Right? It, it, it's, that's the example I'm saying. It's so mental. And, I mean, you might think that I'm an isolated case, but you see him nodding yeah. his head. You see them over there nodding their head. That's the reality. Yeah. Now, if it's not mental, even our physical bodies, it's so weird, on the way to the dope man, everything changes. Everything changes. And so I guess I just want to start this episode with, with acknowledging the mental aspect. We're going to talk about the spiritual aspect. We already kind of disclaimed the physical, medical aspect. But kind of lead us in from there. Where, where would you go? I address the mental. I think it's heavy mental, heavy mental. What do we do about it? Yeah, just to to piggyback off what you just said, for anybody who struggled with addiction has has experienced that. It's crazy. Yeah, like it's crazy. Like that exact feeling. I'm sure Carl can attest. I'm sure Joyan can attest. Like I had that feeling a hundred, if not thousands, yeah. of times of being extremely dope sick. I will get a call or text from the dealer. And just immediately, like you say, it may sound sarcastic, but it's serious. It's I'm whistling songs. I'm happy as all get out. My day's getting better. I'm getting dressed before I couldn't even get out of bed. And right. it's a real thing. It's crazy it's to crazy. think about how like powerful that is. But even more so than that, I'll probably go on like a, an emotional aspect of it as well. Just for me personally, um, that fight or flight, you know, there's a threshold that I see many men who come through our program have to endure and have to walk through faithfully. And it's generally that first week or so. Yeah. And there's so many things that you're trying to process emotionally, whether it's shame, whether it's guilt, whether it's sorrow, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, all of those from so many different things that come upon you because I've suppressed my emotions for so many years. For some guys, it's two. For some guys, it's five. For some guys, it's 10. And I remember thinking in those moments, like, I can't even forgive myself for one of yeah. the poor decisions I've made, let alone the 10 years worth of things that's coming back to my recollection. And so my immediate instinct is to run yeah. so that I can suppress these. Now I'm going to give you a bunch of roundabout stories and excuses yeah. as to why I got to go pay bills as to why yeah. I got to go do this. I got to fix Support my marriage. My I got, yeah. Right. And it's like, my brother, you just had like five years to do that. Yeah. Brother, you just had 10 years to do that. And now, now all of a sudden is the time for that. And it's just allowing those emotions you got at some point in your life. If you are going to come 
on the other side of addiction, you've got to walk through that fight or flight threshold faithfully. Yeah. Let you me add to that to. real quick because that's, that's so important. And, and here's what I'll say. The flood of emotions that, that he's talking about when you have stopped taking the drug and you're now a week, two weeks in, two days in, mm-hmm. however long, there's a flood of emotions that I almost felt like I was crazy, right? Like, what are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I'll, I'll encourage you with. That feeling of emotions flooding in is how you're supposed to feel. Amen. And praise so God for it. not only suppressing, he said we've been suppressing that, and, and it's the same word, but we've also been numbing these emotions. Yeah. I would steal from someone, and I have a conscience. Well, if I numb that conscious with more dope or more whatever, I don't have to feel it. I don't have to process it. And we, like he said, five or 10 or 20 or two years or whatever, however long it is, you've been numbing your feelings for that long. Now, all of a sudden, that numbing agent is gone. And now, all of a sudden, a flood of emotions. And I felt crazy. And I'll leave it. I'll stop with this and hand it back. I remember feeling that same fight or flight and feeling like I'm mentally, I've never, uh, something's wrong with me. And then eventually God kind of hit me with something and made me realize in that moment, um, I, I said this to myself. I don't think it was out loud, but I said this to myself. At least I'm, at least I'm still human. Mm. At least I could still feel, and I didn't mess up my feelers. You know, whatever the whatever the medical term Amen, is. Amen. Yeah, I could still feel again. And man, for so long I was a zombie. Yeah. And the fact that I was still able to have human emotions was not much, but it was a sliver of hope in the insanity, in the fight or flight mode. At least I didn't mess that up. Yeah. And that, that, that reminds me of many instances before where like I was in a predicament and it's like, you're so detached from reality. Like you still have conscious, but like you ever been in a situation where, you know, you made a mistake to where you should be upset about it. You should be crying. You should be, you know, in tears and you like are trying to get there but you're so far gone. You can't even do that. And you can't even show real raw emotion. So like you're saying, praise God, I'm able to experience those feelings because that's part of healing is experiencing all those emotions, all the weight of the shame, the guilt, the sorrow, the sadness, the anxiety, and walking through that faithfully. Because when you do that, man, God will eventually get you to a place where he will take those burdens. Like I said, I couldn't forgive myself for one of the things I did, let alone, alone trying to navigate the road of forgiving myself for a decade's worth. It's not possible, but something I had to come when I came to the end of myself is realize like, and we say it all the time, Ryan, your very best ideas and your ways got you here three times, just here alone. Like your very best ideas, how you were going to do it, the way you were going to do it, your best plans and all these plans you had to overcome it and only do this and not do that. It landed me here every time. So I've got to, if I believe God's called me to a place like this or whatever recovery facility you go to, there was something inside of you that, that knew, right. And whether you believe in God or not, your spirit, your soul, it knew that, Hey, I can't do this myself. Therefore I'm going to ask others for help. So within that process, when you do get to that place of brokenness to reach out and ask for help, you've got to be willing to accept the guidance and wisdom of the people that God puts in your life. Because for so long, and this is a story, you know, that could take us down a rabbit trail. But, you know, it, we put our families in a very tough spot. And if you want to be in my life how I was personally, well, then you are just going to enable me or just put up with it. 
Yeah. Period. End of story. And so when some, when they get to a facility like ours, we're not in the enabling business. We're going to love you. We're going to show you tough love, but we know what's best because I am you. I am you. I there am is no difference. You. I know the love I needed when I was in your position. I've been there too. Now man. it may not be the love you desire me to show you because that's, that's if, if you, if I gave you the love you desired me to show you, it'd be enabling you. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand on what I know and believe and what helped me find freedom. And that yeah. was being loved um, in a tough manner. But but w- with the deepest of love, it's because I care about you. I care about your spirit and I know what it's going to take to get to the other side of this. Yeah. One beautiful fruit inside of that, because that loving you weren't the love that we're going to give at S2L. And we hope that all Christ Center places and, and people that are people that are even family members rooted in the God's word and that love you in a way that. Um, God's called us to love. It won't be a love that supports flight. Yes. It'll Amen. be a love that supports fight. Good, and good you don't spot. want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so, so with that, one of the beautiful fruits that I, I can remember, this is over a decade ago. I can remember, I mean, I always knew I was manipulating in the game, right? When I'm numb, when I'm running, I always knew I was manipulating. I always knew I was lying. Yeah. Eventually it did get a little cloudy that it was like easier to lie than tell the truth. And I just didn't give a rip, but I always knew I was lying and manipulating, but there was a beautiful fruit and it. It caused conviction and, and, and some more hurt and pain that I had to deal with. But in that fight or flight mode where the first little bit, I was able to see that I was manipulating myself. Mm. Like, like not only manipulating myself, but I was able to see the manipulation that I was throwing out there. We gave silly examples, but I mean, oh, I got it, man. I got to go. I got to go save my marriage. I got to go save my marriage. I got to go, man. I got to go. I stole so much money. I got to go and just, I got to start paying it back or I got to go. I got to pay mortgage. I got to do this. I got to do this. Bruh, you're, you're here. You've been here a week. This program, six weeks. Yeah. God knew how long this program was when he started. So did you. Now, all of a sudden, and so I was able to, like, catch that, like, although true, I do need to restore my marriage. I could pay mortgage. I do need to pay people back. I do need to go get my whatever situated. Although true, now is not the time. That is, a, that is pouring in sand on the flight mode because as soon as I leave, I'm doing none of those things. Correct. I'm going to the dope, man. And it was in that moment, the beautiful fruit, I was able to see that. Now, maybe it wasn't able to see it. I was able to process it differently. Right. Because I always knew when I was manipulating, but I even like hearing it out loud and it took someone like us. It yeah. took someone like from a loving relationship or a loving Christ in her place to be like, do you hear yourself? And it took that to be like, oh, yeah, I do. And you know what I mean? And yeah. It's like that's hard love. Like, do you hear yourself? Like Chitty just said, word, you're going to go do that. Are you? Come on, man. No, no. Be here. Fight. The harder thing to do right now is to fight, to stay here and work on you so you can go and really actually do those things yeah. to bring God glory, right? And it's hard, man. It's hard to be in the fight because you have to address things about you. You have to really be humbled. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, it's it's that very thing as well. Um, I think codependency is huge um, and guys who struggle with addiction. Yeah. I, I really do. Once you take the drugs, the alcohol, the porn, the whatever my addiction was away from me, now I'm going to cling to my significant other. And I see it time and time again as if that's going to save you, that's going to free you, that's going to deliver you. It gives you this some sense of comfort, which 
praise God for that, right? That you feel comfort in your significant other. But it's so much so in a sense that, man, it's going to take me from the place God has called me to and making him the rock of my foundation and trying to build it on something else that's only sand that's going yeah. to crumble eventually. And it's like, man, you cannot put all your hope, all your faith, all your trust in your relationship. You put it in God. And by doing so, man, he is going to be the center and the focal point of everything. But if it's not built and established, look, I've said it time and time again. If I don't know how to steward my own life, the worst thing I could do is immediately run out of here and try and steward someone else's life. Yeah. I may be able to do a decent job at it, but I'm not going to be able to be the man that God's called me to until I, as the head of the household, learn how to walk with him personally. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's like allowing that time in that fight or flight season to, hey, let me learn how to walk with God before I go out and lead my family because I truly believe every man who comes here, man, God has orchestrated it. He has ordained it. It's not coincidence. It's not luck. God has set this time aside in your life. And this is the only, the only time in a grown man's life where your sole responsibility is devoted to seeking the things of God. Yeah. The second you leave here, it's bills, it's kids, it's wife, it's responsibilities, it's chores, it's all these things. And we get pulled in so many directions And for me personally, I know I could not have found freedom out there in the world just going about my day, trying to go to a meeting here and there or do this. I needed an allocated time for my soul, time, energy, and effort to be focused on the Lord and building and establishing that relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. So let me break, like, I'll I'll give like some insider, insider baseball right here, or what is it called? Behind the scenes stuff. Just so you know, and and about how I address now, by God's grace, 10 years later, going through it myself, and just literally thousands of guys coming through in that time span. Um, I'll give you some inside baseball on how I deal with that. And then I want to address the families as well and how they deal with it. So. So often a guy will come up. It's time to go. I've got another one that I love is I got this. Yeah, I know what to do. I I just got to do it. God, God healed me. I've got this. And it's just like, okay, hey, I just start lining up the reasons for them to leave and just start knocking them down. Well, what if, what if your wife says that your marriage will only be restored if you complete the program? What if uh, we got family members and other people to help take care of the finances that you're worried about? What if we did this? What if we did that? What if uh, we talked to the judge? What if we do? What if, what if, what if? Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm just like, you know, I would just, I would respect you a lot more, man, if you would just say you want to go get high. I would, because that's the truth. That's the God's honest truth that you just want to go get high. And I would respect that more because you're being honest. And then if they admit that, and then we break down why that only ends in more devastation, more pain. All those lists that you were manipulating, you going to get high is going to make all those things worse. And then we would talk about idolatry and about the selfishness, and we break it down that way. Yeah. That's inside baseball on, on how I would work with someone just because I've been there. Now, to you, family, any efforts we make, and we're good at it, man, like not braggadociously, but God's just, he's blessed us with his presence, with experience, with amazing team around us. We're really good at this. All of the things that we do are a moot point and are going to be going to be worthless if we don't have you on our team, family. Mm. Here's what I mean. In the fight or flight mode, 
you are going to hear in that same time frame that we're hearing, I've got to go be righteous and work on my marriage and work on my finances and pay my bills. You're going to hear way different things. Maybe some of that, but you're going to hear about how bad his situation is here. Uh, how, how mean the people are, how bad the food is, you know, whatever it could be building the case. Yeah. If you, if, if you can just, here's what I, my encouragement, Know that in that fight or flight mode, there's that's why there's a blackout week, honestly. Amen. Every, exactly right. every rehab that I'm aware of, if not, they should. In the first seven days of the blackout, there's no phone calls, those kind of stuff, for this very reason. But knowing that manipulation's coming in that first time period, but here's what I, I encourage you to do, some practical advice for the family member who's seeking help for someone struggling with addiction. Find a Christ-centered place, research it, Call and ask questions. Get comfortable with it. Pray about it. And it, maybe this has to happen fast, but still do this. And when God kind of just releases, this is the place, then you also release. Release your care to the experts that you know God has given you this comfort. And then trust us. Amen. Like trust, trust them. That, hey, if they say, hey, maybe you shouldn't come this weekend. Trust that. Or you should, or if they say, "Hey, he's probably going to call you and say some things," just trust us. We're working on him, but you can't come pick him up. You can't give in to this because if you do, if he, if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. Trust me. Trust me right now. He's a master manipulator. So are we. Yes. You got to trust. It's like you're almost relinquishing your fatherhood, relinquishing your motherhood over to the people that God's called him to right now. We're going to love your these. If it's his true Christ center place. They're going to love your loved one in a way that's different than the secular world. Why? Because our worldview is different. When your son comes to us at S2L or your husband or your father or whoever it is, grandson, comes to us at S2L, I can assure you of a couple things. One, we don't see them for what they've done. Amen. We see them made in the Imago Dei that they've been made in the image of God regardless of what they've done. So from the get-go, our lens, our biblical worldview, sees your loved one in a way that other places can't. Then number two, if they are beginning a relationship with Christ, if, they had a, if they've been saved, if they've been born again, it goes from Imago Dei image bearer to now brother. They are literally our brother in Christ, and you will hear so often, I love you, man. I love you, man. Jorian just came on. He came to staff meeting last week while I was on vacation. I called him afterwards to see how it went, and I was like, hey, man, you probably heard us, a bunch of guys saying that we love each other. Might be uncomfortable, but, man, I love you, bro. And he was like, I love you too, man. And it was just, <laughs> he was just in on it, right? That's the feel. That's what you're going to get. That's where your loved one's coming. But we do have to say some hard things. And we could hurt the feelings because our love is geared towards fight, not flight. Amen. That's well spoken right there. So there you go. Yeah. And you can't teach experience. Like you just can't teach that. We have men who serve here who have been through the ringer when it comes to addiction specifically. So the man we're ministering to across from us. I've tried every single thing you're going to try. I've done every single thing. That's what I'm saying. I've done every single thing you're going to do. And I just remember, man, that's why standing firm as a family or a loved one is so vitally important. And being on the same page as the ministry that your loved one is at, you know, um, is like any out that I have, I am taking any out that I know that I have, I am absolutely taking. And 
we know best how to maneuver and get people to give in to what we want, especially those who love us most. I know how many outs I have left. I know whether I can get out of this position or not. I know who I can call at a point in time in my family to be able to get me out of here. I know make things go my way. Even the tone in a mom's voice, everything, you know, that. all right, I'm in, it might take two more phone calls, but just the way she responded to that, I'm in everything. Master manipulation. And it's difficult because, you know, I'm by no, in no way, shape or form. And am I making this seem like it's a family issue, but I'm just trying to come alongside and help them realize like for me, I needed there to be no outs left. And that's what 99% of men in the position of of fight or flight need is there. There is no option. It's you're there or you're gone, whatever that looks like. You got to go. But you don't have an option A, B, C, D like you've always had before. This is option A. If you're going to make a grown man decision and leave, you figure out what option B is. And whenever you're ready to get help in the future, you come see me. Now, I can only imagine I don't have kids, so I can only imagine how difficult it is to get to that place. And I can fully agree with any mother, any father, any grandmother, aunt, uncle. I'm not saying that's an easy place to get to, but it's what needs to happen as soon as possible. Mm. Yeah. And, and let's take one more break. And then uh, I want to close out with talking about, has it really been 26 minutes? It has. All right. That's awesome. But wow. we'll close out with talking about kind of more of the physically how it feels okay. and my advice for that. Okay. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So, so just kind of coming back in, and we're really talking to someone who's going through it, well, encouraging someone who's already gone through it, and they can just be like, amen, man, I'm so glad I fought, uh, and also the families. And so here it is, the, the physical. The physical's real, and if you're going through it, I want to disclaim again, if, if your drug of choice is alcohol or, um, or benzos or, or something around that, don't hear us saying that you just have to be – mentally strong and fight through it you've got to go get medical help amen for a period a small period of time that also doesn't mean maintenance medication i'm not talking about long-term help medication so you're going through it here's what dive back in there's my disclaimer uh, and it's not just because i have to it's because i really need to tell you there is some serious health health issues if if those are your drugs of choice the feeling that you have is the worst feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually in the world when you're coming off of something that your body needed, that your mind told your body that you needed, the only thing that you've been able to perform for years. I couldn't go to meetings. I couldn't make phone calls. I couldn't go to lunch. I couldn't see anyone unless I was unless I had my fix. And it wasn't even a high at that point. It was just a function at that point. I just needed it to function. Amen. Yep. Right? And so when that's gone... Mentally, that mind messes with you, man. Mm. My thing that I told myself and I felt and my brain, everything felt I had to have this just to be who I am. That's gone. Then I'm gone. So in an aspect, in the, if you go to the secular world, uh, my name's Adam and I am an addict. Yeah, in that I am. I am that. I am. That is my identity. But how... That's why identity is so important. And when that's not who I am, I'll never say I'm an addict. I don't need that anymore, man. I've got the Spirit of God alive and at work in me. I don't need a drug to make a phone call. I used to think that. But why would I identify with that today? 
How insane. Sorry, that's not even what this episode's about, but that's <laughs> insanity. That's insanity, insanity. I'm a bloodstained child of the kingdom. Anyways, you're in that mindset, and you feel like you can't do any of this. So, so here's what I want to encourage you. If it's those certain drugs, you got to get medical help. If that's not an option, you're doing this on your own, or even if you're in a rehab and somehow hear this podcast or in a detox or wherever you are, play this for them if they need it, if you're somewhere. Man, there's value to what you're saying, and we're not saying that you don't feel that way. I felt that way. The worst thing ever, man. Yeah. The darkest dark ever, man. So dark, so hopeless. But I want you to understand, take the smallest sliver of hope possible and hold on to it. My sliver in that moment was at least I'm still human, like I said. At least I could still feel things, and I didn't mess that up. I don't like these feelings, but at least I can still feel, and that was a sliver. And then I would hear things about being um, being a, a made in the Imago Day, And then I read things like we've talked about in these other episodes, like in the book of Judges, where Gideon was in this pit of despair. He was the least of 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 the least. He was the least. He was jamming. That needs to be. He was the least of the least. And in that moment, God, the angel of the Lord says, Almighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. That gave me another sliver. Because I wasn't that. Gideon wasn't that, but God saw him different than Gideon saw himself. The world even saw Gideon. That gave me hope. And I heard these things and I started to do and it's not like it's like it's not like I'm powering up like Super Mario brother, but it's just I'm holding on to this, man. I'm holding on to this. And then the next day it got better. And now, oh man, if you just pray, man, be in God's word. And I couldn't read. I played sports, I've gone over that, but I'd read a verse and just be like, All right. And then I put my mind on things above and I, I stopped, I made a commitment to stop talking about like dope all the time, right? I don't I don't want to feel like why do I wanna want to talk about this stuff that's making me feel so bad? And then all of a sudden, man, if you fight, that's fighting. If you get in God's word, if you're around people, if you're holding on tight to those glimmers of hope in these moments, that's fighting. And I am telling you, it gets better. And it gets better quickly. Mm. It doesn't feel quick, but looking back, 10 days is nothing. 10 years, baby. Nothing. It's nothing for 10 years. Now I have two beautiful kids that you saw at the beginning of this episode. My marriage is restored to the woman that I've loved my whole life. Yeah. None of that's possible if I, get, if I fly. If I flight and I don't fight, all that's gone. I'd probably be dead. Amen. Definitely locked up. Amen. But man, the fight is worth it. And what are we talking about? 10 days? Now, the mind and everything, it's going to take a while for everything to heal, but we're talking about withdrawals, man. We're talking about in the suck, right? Those 10 days, it gets better. So I tell this to, I probably told this to almost every guy who's left here early that I've spoken with prior to them leaving, and it's actually a rare thing here at our ministry, but it does happen. At some point in your life, this fight or flight season, you have to go through and endure. You have to. There is no way around this season that you're not liking, that feels uncomfortable. There is no shortcut to bypass that and get to the other side of addiction. There is not. Yeah. So either now, in the future, way down the road, at some point, 
what you're running from now has got to happen. So we can delay the, the process. We can delay the inevitable. But this season, what you're experiencing, the physical pain, the mental pain, the emotional pain, you have to walk through that fight or flight, whether it's a day, a week, a month, you have to walk through that faithfully to get to the other side. So this is my fight or flight verse, man, or two verses. And this is Psalm 40 verses one and two. Let's do it. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Understand that I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Mm. You must wait patiently on the Lord. He hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears your cry and he will set your feet upon the rock as long as I am in the fight. But I've got to remain in the fight to see his faithfulness shine through in my life. If I continue to run and run and run and allow my emotions to dictate my decisions, I'm never going to be able to establish those firm steps on that rock because, man, I'm leading myself. I'm not waiting patiently on the Lord and allowing him to make my steps secure. Yeah. And I'll close with two verses. That's good, man. Um, Ephesians chapter six. You know the Bible, you probably know this. I'm going to the armor of God, and it starts with this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And if you're saying, hey, man, I I get it, but this is physically really affecting me, and I've I've been in fights. That's the Bible, but here's what God hit me with. Why in the world was I in a fight in the first place? Was it was it was it just physical blobs bumping into each other, or was there cosmic? Was there spiritual forces? Was there anger? Was there rage? Was there love of money? Was there whatever it could be? Why are you hurting so bad right now? When this withdrawal, is it just because of dope not in your body anymore? Well, let's break that down to another level. Why did you go after the dope? Well, I just wanted to feel good. Well, why did you feel bad? Why did you feel bad? So if you could wrap your mind around this being a spiritual fight that you're in, that's what the Word of God says. Yes, there's physical there's physical um, reactions to the spiritual world. Absolutely. Sin brings death and decay. Always. Always. The wages of sin is what? Death. death. If you could focus on this fighting in a spiritual way, in your mind, and, and, and how do I do that? Well, you go through what the Word of God says. We have the four pillars we have the, the being in prayer and God's word and fellowship and, and walking in what he's called you to with action. Then I'll leave you with this. Here's also another promise. And I'm not going to go through it all, but it's one that we've talked about in depth. It's Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, where it says this. You can escape the corruption that's in the world that comes through sinful desires. This desire that you're feeling to run back and just get high one more time to to whatever it is, you can escape that, the Word of God says. In Jesus' name, you can. And guess what? That's life after addiction. You better believe Come on! Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. 
That's S, the number 2, L.net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit S2LRecovery.org. That's S, the number 2, LRecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.